In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Investigation uh, the other night, which was kind of interesting. Um, we got a call from uh, a place in New Hampshire, and it was a family whose uh, young children were being tormented by uh, some type of a entity. So they requested that uh, we come up and uh, check it out. So uh, Clay and our uh, Research ahead, Janet, his wife, who happens to be his wife, by the way, uh, made an appointment. We headed up, which is about an hour and a half here from uh, where I live anyways, up in the mountains. And the interesting fact about this, this family was actually a direct descendant of the Bell Witch. And I don't know if anyone knows about the Bell Witch, and I don't see how you wouldn't if you're into the paranormal. Uh, it's probably the most uh, famous haunting there is. It happened in the 1800s to the John Bell family. Uh, the family was tormented for over three years by an unknown entity. And uh, it was really a, one of the, a classic uh, haunting because it had all the things. First, it started out with knockings, and then uh, this uh, entity would actually start talking to uh, the uh, Bell family. And the whole gist of it, anyways, was it seemed uh, to be on a mission for three particular things. One was the death of John Bell, and the other one uh, was to break up, uh, I believe it was Becky Bell's uh, marriage. And it actually achieved all three, all two uh, things, which is kind of cool. So anyways, the uh, interesting thing was that uh, it's only the, the only case that's ever recorded where a spirit actually caused the death of a human being that uh, I'm aware of anyways. If, if you know, I certainly would like to uh, hear from you. Uh, the number here is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. But anyways, uh, what had happened is, this, as I mentioned, this uh, spirit would... Uh, go into the bell house, and he was a religious man. And so he had all his religious uh, reverence and so forth come in, and they tried to get rid of the uh, spirit, and uh, it mocked him. And uh, the spirit would either like you or dislike you. And they tried to drive it out. They brought in a famous uh, witch hunter and ghost hunter and sent him running. And even uh, Andrew Jackson, who uh, 
John Bell's son had served with during the, the Battle of 1812, uh, the War of 1812, and the Battle of New Orleans uh, came to the farm as well to see this uh, entity. This went on for over three years, and it was very well documented in, in papers from coast to coast. And uh, finally, what had happened is uh, John Bell was died. He was given poison, and the rich, the witch uh, took uh, claim, claimed that he, she was the one, or she, it, whatever it was that did it. Anyways, so moving right along, um, this family was directly descended to him. So with that in itself was extremely interesting. So we moved on and uh, we went to the house, which was an old house. Not only was it a, uh, a house, but it was also at one time a nursing home and a inn, a lodge inn where people came from miles around. And eventually the end went out of business and the nursing home and eventually was broken up into condominiums where uh, the people were living now. And the funny part about it is they were in one, they came up from Tennessee, by the way, they were in one apartment in the building and they were being, uh, they had some activity going on there and they moved to another apartment and they still had activity, so you know it wasn't restricted to one section of the building, so it was really open to the whole building. So, anyways, uh, one thing we did find out, which is very strange, is that off on the land, uh, if you go through swamps and stuff, there's a hill, and on the top of the hill, there's a lone grave of a woman. Uh, so it's it's really strange. I'm not sure who this uh, person was, but uh, a lone grave on a hill surrounded by swamps. Uh, could this be one of the spirits that's haunted a house? We believe so, but we're doing uh, research into um, the grave itself. And also the, the property itself, because it was a nursing home, because it was an inn, there was a lot of people that came in and out of there. So we certainly wanted to... Uh, check out the history of that, find out if anyone had died in the place or, or so forth. And uh, that will be carried out by our research arm. We, we will do a uh, title search on the property and also uh, so forth. So it looks to be a really, really interesting case. We have that lone grave in the woods, in the or surrounded by swamps on a hill. We have the history of it being an end and a uh, nursing home. And the, the other thing I did forget to mention is the grounds were extremely beautiful at the time. They were all, uh, you know, flowers and hedges and, and, and kept extremely well. I mean, people came there just to see the grounds. So perhaps some of these uh, spirits um, associated with the end and that they found it a peaceful time. And in fact, that may be what they're still seeing is a, uh, a beautiful garden and so forth. Uh, because a lot of the spirits are seen through the windows looking in, which, you know, would kind of uh, make sense to that. Anyways, we are still waiting for uh, Richard Felix, who evidently is lost. We are at the Worthing in Lowell, Massachusetts, which is an uh, extremely historic bar. And um, so while we're here, by the way, we also, uh, I was given this from uh, David Wells, who is a, as you, as you know, a uh, associate of Richard Felix from Most Haunted. And uh, 
he was the uh, medium right after uh, Derek Akura. In fact, he worked with Derek Akura for quite a while. So anyways, uh, we are going into, this is what uh, David sent me along, and basically it's your horoscopes. I know we were talking about Hawkins, but we're going to put this out here since he uh, uh, did this little thing for me. So anyways, we're going to go through a couple of horoscopes while we're killing time for waiting for uh, Richard to arrive. So let's start off with the Virgos. Uh, truth and integrity. Integrity. You are slowly learning to bypass your worries and trust the inner voice. This month, you'll be feeling especially glad you decided to stay true to yourself. So I guess if you are a Virgo, the message on that is to be true to yourself. Okay, Libra or Libra or whatever it is. Soulmate. Love is in the air. Uh, Single Venus gals may get involved in a new partnership filled with romantic chemistry, while the married librarians, whatever they are, will experience a reward, a renewed passion. So for you guys who are Libra, this looks like it's going to be a passionate month for you. Anyways, uh, moving right along to Scorpio, the new love. Uh, New people come into your life this month and bring you gifts of love, including healing, help, friendship, and romance. Open your heart and trust them. So basically, uh, for you Scorpios, according to David Wells, uh, you are going to have new people arriving who will bring you good luck. So that's kind of cool. Moving right along to Sagittarius, the signs. Uh, you've been uh, praying for direction and guidance, and this month you receive crystal clear signs as answers. Notice, uh, excuse me, notice, trust, and follow these signs. So for Sagittarius, um, you are going to get guidance this month. Uh, it will come in a form of signs. Uh, so you uh, Appeed the signs because they will give you answers to what you're looking for, what you've been praying for. So moving to Capricorn, uh, Capricorn music. It's your inner child delights when you surround yourself with music and dance. Take time out to play this month, especially activities involving music. So for you guys that are Capricorn, this is going to be your fun month. Uh, you want to have a great time. Go out and have a blast and uh, enjoy yourself. And if you take the time to do it, you will. And going into the sixth sign, which is Aquarius, is the romance. So for you Aquarians, let let a romance partner get to know you. So know the real you, excuse me. Allow yourself to be vulnerable with this person. And your relationship will deepen in meaningful ways. So basically what uh, Aquarius is telling you is that uh, you have to open up a little bit more to your romantic partner and uh, good things will come your way in the romance department. And also, uh, not just in passion, like uh, the, the other one we were talking about, the, uh, I was a Libra, yeah, the, the Libra one, the Aquarius one, the, uh, the relationship will deepen and become stronger. But you have to open yourself so, anyways, that's the first six signs according to astrologer David Wells from Bosanton and uh, Richard Felix Compadre. So, moving into sign number seven, uh, which is Pisces. And by the way, I am 
a Pisces or a Piscean. Uh, divine timing. The angels are working behind the scenes to help you with your priorities. Trust that all is happening exactly the way it's supposed to be. And try not to rush anything right now. That, that kind of fits pretty cool because, uh, you know, I have a lot of things going on right now in my life with the, the book and the, the Ghost Project and uh, uh, some trials and tribulations with the, the Ghost Project especially. But, uh, you know, it, the, the whole idea of this message, and not only for me, but also for all Pisceans, is that, yeah, there are things that work. You might not understand them, but have patience, and they will come through. So that's kind of a, a neat thing. I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. So moving right on, we go to Aries, uh, which is trust. Uh, you're undergoing big challenges this month, including your feelings about your friends, work, and your home. Follow your instinct as they guide you to your healthy ways. Okay, so that's kind of important. Um, it's telling you to trust your inner self, which basically uh, is always good to listen to, by the way. Uh, your inner, inner self is a lot of time... Uh, you are getting those messages from beyond, uh, whether it's uh, a spirit guide or uh, even your own psychic ability or, or uh, angels working with you. I mean, it's it's a kind of good thing. So um, big changes uh, are going this month for you uh, Aries guys. And, uh, you know, trust your feelings, and that'll tell you which way to, which fork in the road to take. Uh, anyways, moving to the next one, according to David Wells, uh, uh, is Taurus, serenity. After months of turmoil and insecurity, you're finally feeling like you're on solid ground. September finds you laughing and truly enjoying yourself again. So evidently, the Taurus has been going through a little bit of problem. Uh, so this is your month to be back on solid ground back to see your goals, basically, and, and what's going on. And, uh, you know, that's an important sign. Uh, it's a good sign, actually, that, you know, you, you're going through a little turmoil. You, you Maybe you've gone into some new ventures. Uh, maybe your relationship isn't what you think it is. And uh, so, anyways, that's kind of a cool thing. Uh, you've got to, uh, you'll be back on solid ground again, and things will be much better. So anyways, Jim and I, moving right along, your schedule finally calms down enough for you to focus on yourself. Vow to keep yourself scheduled focused upon your dreams and priorities from here onward. So it uh, looks like you're supposed to, uh, you've been pretty busy according to this, if you are a Gemini, and uh, you need to, uh, well, it's actually, you're coming into a calming cycle, and uh, things will become more focused for you as well. I mean, uh, that almost fits with me with all the uh, stuff that's going on with me. But, hey, whatever. That's Gemini. But, you know, one thing it, which is really funny is that uh, um, our good friend Dorothy, who does astrology as well, told us that it's not always the sign that you think is. Uh, you have several signs that, that run your life. And so, you know, that's kind of the cool thing is you have to – when you were born, where you were born, and uh, the time of birth, which will get you true astrology, your, your true science. So anyways, uh, moving right on to cancer, nature. Uh, this month is about self-renewal, which includes immersing yourself in nature, taking long walks in the wood, sitting by a lake or beach, and meditating the next two flowers and trees. 
<laughs> Sounds like a tree hugging to me, but whatever. Anyways, uh, cancer, I guess, you know, it's time to uh, look into your inner self, and, and you're going to do that and find peace and uh, the goals you're looking for if you just stop and uh, really just meditate and, and take in what life has to offer you, especially nature. So moving along to the last sign, and these are all, of course, the astrologies according to David Wells, who is uh, a well-known astrologer and also who uh, probably most notably known for his uh, activity and uh, most haunted along with Richard Felix. Leo, the final one, abundance. Some of your previous financial delays will finally be unblocked this month. Even better than that, a flurry of unexpected willfalls could be coming your way. Okay, this is this is it, Leo. Uh, you know, if I were, I, I go up and buy a lottery ticket, I don't know why, but you know, I'm just saying, you know, uh, you know, even better than a, a flurry of unexpected windfalls be coming your way. So, you know, maybe you get an inheritance coming in, maybe you get a, a lottery winning, but uh, hey, uh, it's only a couple bucks. I try it out. So, anyways, those are the. Horoscope signs, according to David Wells, uh, who was here last summer, believe it or not, about the same time, doing some stuff with us and doing a ghost project, and now is back in merry old England. So, anyways, we are still here at the Worthing uh, in Lowell, which was the haunt, and I say that literally and figuratively, of Edgar Allan Poe and Jack Kerouac, among other notables. So, anyways, uh, that is that on that. Okay. Anyways, the number is 877-864-4869 if you want to call in. And certainly I'm by myself, so I could use a little help. And 877-864-4869. And give me a call while we wait for Richard Felix to come in here. We had a very good time with Richard uh, for the past three weeks. It's been uh, really excited. Um had a lot of things going on. Uh, Gettysburg was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I went down there with uh, uh, Laura, the poor girl. I, I don't. She hasn't spoken to me since we got back. So uh, you know, it must have been a good trip for her. I mean, nine or ten hours in the car. So what are you going to do? But anyways, um, we stayed on a haunted farm, which is the big round, uh, little round top farm, which was part of uh, the battlefield. Uh, had some excellent time down here, a lot of uh, spiritual activity in the farm itself. I know that Maureen um, actually saw a double of me, if you can believe that, uh, which would be a doppelganger when we first arrived. And I think one of me is enough, thank you. And also, I uh, had a camera set up in my room, and we did catch a strange figure in the hallway. Now, what that, hall what that figure was, we're not exactly sure. Uh, it may be natural, it may be uh, supernatural, but we are definitely looking at it. We're going through the video and reviewing it. Uh, Jim, our EVP specialist, actually saw a cat, which was another uh, unusual sighting because you don't see animals a lot of the time. Uh, but doing some research, I found that a cat is supposedly onset bomb. So, hey, there you go. So anyways, uh, somebody actually asked from the uh, chat room what a doppelganger is. A doppelganger is, is basically a spirit that um, manifests itself to look like someone uh, who you would know 
Um, so you got to remember that spirits aren't always what they appear to be. I mean, you, you go back and uh, that's a lot of reasons why the uh, board is not uh, well-loved because uh, you can't trust everything that a spirit tells you. I mean, they certainly do lie uh, and they certainly do deceive. So uh, they, they believe that, like, uh, I know one case where um, someone thought they were talking to a particular person on a Ouija board, but uh, as it turned out, it was uh, not at all the person they were talking to. It was actually something of a more sinister nature. So that's where the Ouija board gets its uh, bad rep from. Uh, and uh, it's kind of cool. We've got a little dog here barking. So that is not a ghost dog. dog. That is a real dog. Well, sort of a real dog. It's about the size of a yad rat. Like a squirrel, my God. Unbelievable. You never know what's going on here. Anyways, uh, we have the Worthering Low. Uh, the, the Worthering, as you know, I mentioned earlier, did by Edgar Allan Poe, according to many people. Um, seems like Poe gets around because there are a lot of other places down in Baltimore and other places that claim that he haunts there as well. But he is in a different place right now. And... Uh, Jack Kerouac has not been seen here, but uh, they say he haunts here. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big Jack Kerouac fan for those who don't know. But we did do an investigation uh, one day here with uh, Maureen, myself, and uh, Laura, uh, who was our photographer at the time. And uh, we did make contact with uh, a, uh, seemed to be a little boy spirit, as well as a female spirit. And in fact, a male spirit as well. So there was at least three spirits that we could um, definitely associate with this place. Um, the one we had the strongest contact was, uh, oh, I see on the chat room that someone says that Poe uh, is also uh, supposed to haunt Providence, Rhode Island. Well, you know, that's, I guess it's that old song, you know, around, around, and get around. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's very possible that uh, spirits can move around. Not all of them are landlocked. So it's very possible that a spirit could be in one location at one time, and another location, another time, and another location, another time. But anyways, uh, going back to the spirits here at the... Uh, uh, does anyone know what a harbinger of death is? <laughs> well, I hope it's not Edgar uh, uh, Allan Poe, because uh, we'd be in deep trouble. Anyways, um, the harbinger just... Death is definitely, uh, it, it's a sign that uh, someone, this is a question from the chat room. Uh, it's, it's a sign that, um, like for instance, uh, a banshee or, uh, what's the other one? Well, primarily a banshee is the one that comes to mind the first time. That's a, a dog, and it's believed in the Irish culture that if a dog uh, howls outside your window, uh, you will have a death in your family, so. Uh, that that's one of the things. There are other ones that Pakwachis, uh, uh, I believe, are almost believed to be harbingers deaths. If if you see one, then you are supposed to be, uh, you know, your number is supposed to be up. So, anyways, the, I don't know how we get on harbinger deaths. But anyways, back to the uh, spirits here at the Worthing. The Worthing is an extremely old building. It, it's got the original paddle fans system, which is the only one in the United States is still in. It's a uh, belt-driven paddle fan system. It's the only one driven. In the United States, it's still in the original building. Um, there have been a, a little speakeasy uh, hole that was 
uh, they used to keep the liquor in down here. The basement uh, is also uh, granite, and so therefore, according to Richard Felix Stone Cake Theory, there may be uh, uh, some ghosts there. But anyways, uh, speaking of Richard, he does have a new book out, coming out called uh, What is a Ghost? And uh, that will be... Uh, it is out now. It's available through us, uh, and it will be available in England very shortly, which is kind of cool because we get we get the kick on England. Uh, we actually get to kick it off before uh, England did. So I, I thank Richard so much for that. And as I mentioned, we are waiting for Richard, and he shall be here shortly if he can ever find his way through Lowell. He's on his way back to the airport as well. So, anyways, uh, moving right along. Uh, we do have some great events coming up this Friday. We will be doing our own book launch at the Concord Colonial End in uh, Concord, Massachusetts. Uh, we'll be doing a presentation, and that is one of the places that is in the book. Uh, I believe it's Chapter 13, believe it or not. And it talks about our night at the Concord Colonial End. My wife and I stayed in Haunted Room 24. And also some other things that occurred during that night that uh, I don't want to say too much about, but uh, drop by, and uh, that's at the Concord uh, Colonial Inn from 6.30 to 8.30 on uh, Friday. And uh, you do have to call uh, in uh, to make reservations. Uh, so it's free. Uh, come on down. Maureen will be there. I will be there as well. Also, uh, on Saturday, I will be at the Old Home Day in uh, Drakeit, Massachusetts, at the Drakeit Republican Town Committee's booth and doing signings there as well. So if you're in the area, drop by and say hello as well. And also on the 19th, excuse me, 19th of this month, we will be doing a ghost hunt at the Portsmouth Lighthouse, which is really a cool place. Uh, I, I've talked about it before, and I, I'm not too sure if I talked about it in, uh, on uh, Ghost Chronicles International, but uh, definitely uh, on the regular one. Uh, it is a very cool place. It's haunted by a lighthouse keeper as well as... Anyways, that's the sound that we have to take a break, so we'll be right back on Tokyo after the Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. <laughs> the vault is open. 
You're listening to The Haunted Headlines, your source for the stories making waves in the paranormal news. Sponsored by GhostVillage.com at www.GhostVillage.com backslash news. Good evening, I'm Chris Balzano and you're listening to The Haunted Headlines, Ghost Village's weekly journey around the paranormal newswire to bring you the biggest stories affecting the ghost community. The ghosts are out again at Croxton Park in Liverpool, England. In a report from the Liverpool Echo, a security camera at the Edwin Country House has caught a spirit for the second time this year. This ghost, which appears much like a person whose head is bald and reflecting the light, moves across the screen for more than 30 seconds. It closely resembles an orb with a cloak attached to it and appears transparent. According to the article, quote, One theory among mediums is that the figure may be the ghost of former resident Hugh William Osbert Monix, the seventh and last Earl of Sefton, who died in 1972. You may remember we covered a sighting in the same location last March. Stop by the Ghost Village news site to get a link to both sets of footage, and you can see for yourself. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen may have left their X-Men personas behind, but they are still performing together, this time in the stage classic Waiting for Godot at the Theatre Royal Haymarket in London. Stewart got more than he bargained for when he signed on. He may be a veteran of the English stage, but the actor has seen his first ghost in a theatre. According to the Telegraph, the actor is said to have witnessed a man in a beige coat and twilled trousers just off the stage as he was coming off. The ghost is thought to be John Baldwin Buckstone, who was the actor-slash-manager of the Theatre Royale Haymarket in the mid-19th century and a good friend of Charles Dickens. While he did not skip a beat during the production, Stewart later said he was, quote, impressed by the off-scene spirit. Nigel Everett, one of the directors of the theatre, said Buckstone, or whoever may be watching the plays from the afterlife, usually views comedies when they are performed. Lastly tonight, it may not have been a real ghost, but one spirit in India caused more suffering than any we've ever reported. In Bayrambore, five young men scaled the wall of the Ithar Senthal High School Hostel, which separates the male and female quarters. The area was in the middle of a power outage, and the boys went door to door scaring everyone they saw. Thinking they had seen a real ghost, and one that had been reported in the dorms before, the girls suffered a disproportionate response. Quoting a source from the Times of India, one girl, Pratima Basque, whose age was not revealed, fell unconscious and was rushed to a local hospital. She was declared dead on arrival. Five other girls were hospitalized. Authorities are still trying to sort out the details before any other action can be taken. That's the news for this week. Make sure to sign on to Ghost Village's news site to check out these and other stories at www.ghostvillage.com backslash news. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with me. Uh, Richard has not showed up, so that kind of bummer. Anyway... If you want to call in, the number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or join us live in the TogiNet chat room. I'm not sure if we're broadcasting the Pararex. I think there was a problem, um, but hopefully that will be straightened out, or has been straightened out. Anyways, um, while we were down in, uh, ooh, Okay, speaking of Reuben, I'm getting hungry. Uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we were talking about some of the events, and one of the, one of the places that we did investigate uh, was the uh, 
the uh, what the heck is it? The Portsmouth Lighthouse, which was really cool uh, place. There was a lighthouse keeper there. Now, this the, the kind of cool thing is okay when you go do an investigation, you know, you come up with your own theories and and data and so forth, and you know that's your reality. So that's what you say. Wants the, the lighthouse, but what if you bring someone else in and, and they have something different? Does that mean one of you is right or wrong? No, not necessarily. Uh, number one, they could be picking up another spirit there, or a spirit that wasn't there when you were there, and vice versa. So just because uh, you don't have um, two psychics, three psychics, uh, two investigations, three different groups, same information. Uh, doesn't mean any of you are right or wrong. It all it does mean is that that's what you found at that particular time. So that's an uh, important thing to remember. Uh, there's a lot of lot of um, I don't I don't know what's uh, drama in the paranormal uh, where where teams try to be like uh, you know they're the best and whatever we do is right. Nobody else is. Uh, but it's not the way. It's the paranormal is so, it's the unknown. And that's what you're dealing with. So you have to, uh, you know, whatever you got through in your investigation is what you found. It, you know, it's not a right and wrong thing. So anyways, but on that same note, if you go in and do an investigation and you find uh, it, uh, Mr. X was there and then you get another group come in, and, or a psychic or a medium, and they find Mr. X as well, and somebody else does. I mean, so you have three or four independent uh, verifications of the same thing, then that is uh, really cool. Uh, to me, that is almost proof, uh, you know, and proof is a, you know, not an easy word to say, especially when you're dealing with the paranormal. But it's certainly good evidence that that particular spirit uh, is in that place. But this, you know, there's so much that we don't know. It's it's really, really, really scary. I mean, because I remember our investigation of Dudley Road, and uh, Maureen absolutely knew nothing about Dudley Road. But I knew all the legends, all the urban legends, because as far as we know, they are just urban legends. None of them are based on truth. Uh, so... Anyways, when we did our investigation, Maureen began picking up on all of the urban legends. So uh, that is kind of a, a, a neat thing uh, because, number one, what could it be? If, if those urban legends were not true, then why was she picking up on them even though she knew nothing about them? And that goes to basically three different theories. The first theory is that they are true. And there, even though there's no evidence, there are true. So in other words, it may be that there was a murder there, but it was covered up or not publicized. Maybe it wasn't a person that, uh, for instance, there, there were supposed to be some nuns, nuns that were killed. All that might have been covered up by the church. We really don't know that. Um, so anyways, that's one of the things that uh, even though there's no evidence to prove it, newspaper, anything in history, archives, uh, to prove that it was true, maybe it really did happen. We can't say it didn't. We can only say we have no proof of it. The second thing is that the possibility of that she was actually reading my mind. I mean, because I knew all the 
urban legends. So therefore, uh, you know, we really don't know the power of the mind. Uh, we know that, you know, people can complete other people's sentences. Is that not knowing something? We know, we know that, for instance, uh, a mother can, you know, knows when something's wrong with a child. Uh, so even though even nothing's said, they can still pick up on it. So um, even yourself, you, you can look at someone, you can say, you know, what's wrong? Even though they said nothing, they appear to be normal. So maybe that is another option, is that she was reading my mind. And then let's go to the third option, which uh, we both kind of agree uh, is what's happening here on Delhi Road, is that there are spirits there, and they also know the legends. So they are actually um, propagating it or, or giving the people who go to investigate it, because they know what you do, and, and especially a place that's highly investigated, like Dudley Road, um, they're giving them what they want uh, to be either accepted or even as, you know, they're laughing at them one way or the other. Say, you know, hey, okay, this is it. This is You wanted to find the headless horseman? Here's the headless horseman, even though the headless horseman doesn't really exist. So, anyways, that's the, the third one, and uh, I think that's the one that's really happening over at uh, Deadly Rule, at least uh, Maureen and myself, too. So, that's uh, kind of interesting uh, theory. If you have your own theory, certainly I uh, would love to hear it. The number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. And uh, join us live in the Toji, Toji chat room, and if you've got a question, you can certainly put it on there as well. Um, we also have another book signing come up on uh, the 23rd, which is at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover. The uh, Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore. We'll be doing a talk and uh, also uh, uh, signing there as well, and I believe the book will be available there. Now, so far, the, the initial uh, reviews of the book has been extremely well. I went on to uh, um, Amazon today, and there was a couple of uh, real good ones. Uh, the book, for you don't, who those who don't know, is written by Maureen and myself, but it's actually written in both our voices. So uh, you actually go along with us, and it's like real time, like you're there with us. You're in, you hear what we say, see what we see, you know, smell what we smell, and even you're even getting over our head, which is a little annoying at the, is itself. So that's kind of a, a unique perspective for a book. I don't think it, it's ever been done, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, so I'm going to say that Richard Felix is not going to make it here today at the Worthen, and uh, I know his flight is leaving in Boston, so I assume he's on his way out there. So, Richard, we're going to say cheers to you and uh, good luck. So he will be arriving, and he will be back with me next week on the other side of the pond here on uh, Ghost Chronicles International as well. So moving right along, uh, I'd love to hear anything that you guys have to say as is uh, what you'd like to discuss, 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869 as well. The, uh, the other thing we talked about, uh, which was kind of interesting, uh, was, you know, people are looking, to joining so ghost hunting is so popular that people are looking to join ghost groups to be scared. And it, most of your, your normal paranormal groups know that you can go out and do hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of paranormal investigating 
and not have an experience at all. But, uh, you know, when you do, it's extremely well worth it. Uh, as Richard says in his new book, if you dance on the freeway uh, for long enough, sooner or later you're going to get hit by a car. And that's the same way with the paranormal. If you do enough investigating, you eventually will experience something. Yeah, so it it's, does take a lot of fortitude and a lot of patience. And um, it's, it's very rare that, uh, you know, it, it happens right away all the time, especially for uh, someone who's just starting into it. But as you go along, the spirits know you. They begin to understand what you do. And so, therefore, if they want to be seen, they will give you a sign that they do. I mean, uh, for instance, we did the ghost hunt at the manse uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was phenomenal. We had a, I had a group of six ghost hunters. Uh, two of them were, were veterans, and four of them were, were novice. This was their first ghost hunt. And we had some extremely cool stuff go on us. I mean, well, we were in the, uh, one of the bedrooms uh, where Hawthorne stayed, uh, him and his wife. Uh, we were doing a little come by us section, you know, where you hold hands and say, you know, give us some signs. And we actually had knocking. And the knocking, uh, two for yes, one for no, uh, responded to our questions. Uh, coincidence, possible, uh, but it, it was pretty consistent, pretty interesting. And the same time, we had a closet door uh, actually open on its own accord. And we actually witnessed this, everybody in the group, even though it was dark. Uh, in fact, I believe I have that on video as well. So uh, we asked, the, when it first started happening, we, uh, we asked the spirit if they could, you know, do it, uh, make it open more and so forth. And uh, believe it or not, it opened more. But I think the probably the coup d'etat for the night was when we were upstairs and we were in the uh, Parsons room where um, the young novice reverends used to stay. It was like a dormitory. And we did make contact uh, using the panel with uh, two or three of them. And uh, we got some answers, yes and no, and so forth. But then all of a sudden, uh, the pendulum took off in the maybe position and just started flying. I've only seen that one other time, and that was with David Wells last summer up at uh, a lighthouse in uh, Maine. And I'd never uh, seen it go as strong as that, and it just kept saying maybe, maybe, maybe. And at that time, uh, there was a couple people in the group that thought they saw something in the hallway. So we went out in the hallway and began checking the rooms one by one moving down the hallway, one room, then another room, and then another room. And as we entered this one room, uh, a strange odor overtook us. And to me, it smelled like dirty diapers. But I didn't say, I said, does anybody smell anything? And two other people in the group said, yes, it smells like a dirty diaper. And as we looked around, because it was pitch black, we, with the camera, we had the IR camera going, uh, we saw uh, child's toys, and we also saw a baby, uh, what do you call it, a uh, tram or baby carriage in the corner of the room. So we once again attempted to make contact with this spirit here, which seemed to be uh, not as strong as, as the one in the other room, but uh, they, we still get some answers with it. And finally, it was getting light. We heard over the radio it was time to wrap it up. So we headed out to the hall. And as we did that, uh, somebody said, 
oh, the, the odor is really, really strong. So we file all back into the room again. And uh, we began to make contact again with the spirit. And the spirit, uh, although it was weak, was giving us some yes and no answers. It was a female spirit, a little girl, as it turns out. And uh, she wanted us... She was comfortable here at the house. She didn't live in it as far as that we know, but she was comfortable there, maybe because the house was the same way it was back in the 1700s. But uh, once again, over the radio, it was time to wrap it up, so we began to leave. And the girl that uh, was left last time by smelled the strong odor, she says, Ron, you be the last one out. I said, okay. So they started filing out, and then all of a sudden, one of the girls screamed. And I looked, and I saw that the baby carriage and came across the room and was actually pushing the girl. Uh, I believe, and I can't say 100% sure until I review all of the footage, I believe that we have that on IF, on the IF camera, which is extremely, extremely great if we do. I mean, I'm, I'm dying to see if that happens, no pun intended. And so we went and investigated the, the tram or the carriage itself, and as it was... Uh, where it was in the corner is it just doesn't like roll across the room. You have to go up over a little hump in the old floor and then drag it across. But th the thing about it, it wasn't just rolling when it was pushing this girl. It had some force behind it because she was actually being shoved by it, which was extremely interesting. Of course, she was screaming too, which uh, adds to the <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this was all at the old manse in Concord. Uh, it, it was one of the, the few times that I saw such uh, telekinetic energy or, or whatever what you want to call it, postergeist activity, uh, where something was moved as dramatically as that carriage was. So anyways, uh, the gist of that whole thing was that even though uh, you go out looking to a, for a ghost hunting uh, experience, you're not going to get it the first time, but then again, you may. So, whatever. That was, uh, like I said, very extremely cool. And in fact, we will be doing uh, an event down there on the 30th of October, not only with the Mans, but also uh, with the Concord Colonial Inn. Uh, it will be a dinner, and we will be, after that, we will attempt to make uh, contact with spirits from the Concord Colonial. Uh, we will also be doing some investigating in Haunted Room 24 which I mentioned earlier is uh, one of the, the chapters in the book, chapter 13. And then we will be going to the manse and do some investigating there. And as, as I mentioned before, the manse is, uh, the, uh, was the home of Thoreau, uh, excuse me, Emerson and Hawthorne and the transcendental movement. Uh, there is a, a, a boulder in the yard that has ley lines through it. So there's another cool place to try some different experiments as well. Uh, and it's also just a hop, skip, and a jump from the North Bridge where uh, three British uh, soldiers are buried. And you can actually, uh, one of them was, was actually uh, tomahawk to death. So anyways, we're here at the Worthing. Uh, the Worthing is one of the oldest tavern in uh, Lowell, it was established in 1898 and has been serving ever since. The building is a traditional mid-19th century uh, vernacular survivor of Lowell's Mill City development. It was built in 1834. 
much of the present interior remains the same. Uh, most notably, as I mentioned before, the bink, the belt system, uh, which is really cool. It's the only existing set in its original building in the country. So it's definitely a cool place. Uh, it has pressed tin ceiling file, uh, tiles, which, which is really cool. I love that stuff. And uh, that was done in about the 19th century, and it has intricate woodwork. And like I said, it's, it's been uh, here for, you know, since the, it's been the Worthen House since 19, 1898. Uh, a few of the most notable patrons include Edgar Allan Poe, Jack Kerouac, Jimmy Burselin, and in 1989, uh, Lowell's Olis, which is on the uh, regist National Registry, and it's the part of the uh, nationally, uh, National Park, which is involved. So definitely, if you're in Lowell, you got to stop by. I mean, it is a bar, uh, so which is good and bad. You can certainly stop in for a, a cool one, <clears throat> as I wish I was having right now, but... Anyway, so moving right along as time is running down, uh, we want to thank uh, Richard Felix for coming over here and working with us. His uh, trip was most interesting. Gettysburg, Worthen House, uh, the Wyndham Restaurant, uh, the boat cruise, which was cool in itself, and uh, several other events that we do with him. And uh, I expect uh, at... Richard's uh, invitation that we will be going to England next year uh, in 2010 is the goal uh, to and he will be hosting a New England Ghost Project over there for several events and uh, including his own Derby Jail which is uh, extremely haunted and extremely scary as well but one of the kind of coolest things I want to do over there is, as I mentioned to him uh, while he was over here, is the moors. Uh, some reason I love the moors and the thoughts of the hounds of Baskerville and so forth. Uh, it's really, really uh, cool. And also the other thing uh, that he promised to take me is the Hellfire Caves, which is part of the Hellfire Club, which was back in the uh, oh god I can't even remember what time period it was, but. Uh, it's certainly, uh, it was on, I believe, Ghost Hunters or Ghost Hunters International, and it's extremely a cool place. Uh, they have dummies in it, which is always uh, adds a little ambiance to the paranormal, and it's, uh, they were supposed to do um, satanic rituals, I don't know if you want to call it debauchery, yeah, I would call it that. Um, but it's definitely some weird stuff going on down there, and that's going to be one of the places I uh, want to check out with when we go over there next year, as well as uh, Dobby Jail and also the Morris. So I think those are my three highlights that I really want to see when I uh, go over. Although Chillingham Castle is supposed to be like the most haunted place in uh, England, so I don't know. It's definitely going to be worth uh, looking at and definitely worth checking out. So, anyways, uh, I have to say hello to Leslie. I see that she just logged, logged in. Leslie, where were you? I missed you all day. <laughs> and uh, it's almost time to wrap it up. So, before I have that, if anybody wants to call in, the number is 877 or join us live in the Togi chat room with your questions of whatever.
So anyways, hi, how you doing? Oops, we just stopped by. You haven't seen Richard Felix around, have you? Nope. So I can honestly say that Richard Felix today is a no-show. Uh, not even his ghost, not even an astral projection of him with uh, just a couple of minutes left in the show. That's all we had of Richard Felix. So he will be back next week along with our regular scheduled show and some new segments that we will be working on, uh, both on Ghost Chronicles and Ghost Chronicles International. We have some neat little segments that uh, while Richard was over here, we discussed and uh, we'll bring out roll out probably uh, not next week, but the following week, and uh, they should be exciting. I mean, especially one of them uh, comes from uh, a trip to Gettysburg, and I believe that uh, Laura knows this one as well. It's uh, uh, a very unusual um, tape. Let's just leave it at that. I, I don't want to go into too much on it, but I, I'm really looking forward to uh, the uh, special segment that we will be doing on, I believe, Ghost Chronicles Live. I'm not sure if it'll be on International or not, but maybe it'll be on both with. We're still uh, playing with the idea of that as well. Also, um, events coming up uh, for the Ghost Project. We have uh, the Festival of the Dead in October. We are doing Spectral Evidence on the 17th and also the 24th at the Hawthorne Hotel. And on the 24th, we are also doing uh, Voices of the Dead, which will be an interactive uh, uh, thing as well, interactive what do you mean, like workshop on uh, stir communication. Yeah, I get a love low. You know what's really funny? I just, I just saw an ambulance go by in a, in a fire truck, but... You know, they always show the uh, the photographs that go across the the web of like a car, and they'll have like a mist coming out of it. And this is the spirit of somebody and everything else. But um, I, had, I did an extensive interview with uh, a pathologist, a uh, crime scene pathologist for uh, the state of Massachusetts, and and what he does, he's a crime scene photographer. So he has taken thousands and thousands and thousands of photographs of uh, not only, you know, uh, murders and stuff like that, but also car accidents. Any, anytime there's a death involved, and in all the photographs that he's taken, he's never got any orbs, he's never got any mists, or anything unusual, any lust, nothing. So uh, it, it's interesting that, you know, here you have a professional photographer who does this for a living and yet doesn't capture anything on film in thousands and thousands of shots where tragic death is involved. Uh, I mean, all death is tragic, but, you know, where violent death is. And, um, certainly, you would think if anyone would capture it, he would. But of all those... Uh, Photographs never captured any. Now, there could be a couple of reasons for that. Uh, certainly, one of them is that he just never did. You know, and they just never showed themselves. Uh, the other thing is that um, maybe you know he certainly used an expensive camera. And I remember Laura, our photographer, uh, used to tell us that the better camera, the less chance of 
uh, you know, fake, not fake, but uh, false images and so forth. So I can't believe that too. Because if you have a good car camera, you have less and less orbs in a photograph. Um, not saying that, that fobs, orbs don't have anything to do with the paranormal. I'm just saying that uh, there are some flaws in some of the least expensive cameras that um, do show up. So, anyways, that's my little speech on the paranormal and also my little speech on the show for today. So, tune in next week when I, my good friend, Mr. Richard Phyllis, will be. And good night, and God bless. Ghoulies to ghosties. In the night, deliver us, good Lord.